0: still Kirby, lovely check, Kirby, (laughs) another one from the top drawer from Fran Kirby. Welcome to a sad, a kind of sad episode, (laughs) season 2 episode 12 of Fran Kirby's Fight Club, your one stop listen to all things Chelsea FCW and of course the absolute legend that is Fran Kirby. I am Andre Carlisle, a writer and a podcaster. About women's soccer, and uh, I, I think, think I only I like I do exclusively women's soccer now, which is dope. So yeah, uh, that is I, and I am here with Mariam. Mariam, how are you doing?
1: It is a very sad day, but um, not too sad that we can't celebrate Fran Kirby even when when Chelsea lives. Yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Just kind of been coasting all day, thinking about uh, what we're going to talk about today, and I'm a little sad, but I'm not like a, as a whole. I'm not sort of too upset i have some some positive things to talk about as well um yeah um i just feel like you know we've had a very tough run and like most teams it's been difficult to rotate the squad which we'll obviously talk about in a bit but i think that there's a lot more to look forward to
0: yeah yeah let's let's go ahead and dive right into it then um in case you are unaware and hopefully if you are that i am sorry for breaking this news (laughs) to you because you've been living in in blessed bliss uh, but Chelsea and Juventus uh, midweek uh, drew nil-nil. Uh, the game was at Kings Meadow. Chelsea did not score, and that match had 25 shots, only five on target, did not manage a goal. And then at the weekend, uh, facing Reading, who have actually been on a pretty— and I was actually pretty concerned about this because they've kind of turned things around recently uh, in their season. Um, I don't know what, uh, what Kelly Cham- Chambers has figured out there, but— uh, they beat um, they beat Brighton, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. and they also had a good result. Uh, I believe it was against West Ham. So they have been doing quite well recently, and that um, continued, unfortunately, in the match. Uh, they got a goal very early on. It was Deanne Rose, who, if you are a fan of North American soccer, you may remember her uh, Canadian player, who was drafted by the North Carolina Courage, but she opted to play overseas uh, and sign with Redding. Uh Ends up scoring a goal, I believe, in the fourth minute. And from then on, like, that was the worst thing that could have possibly happened because um, then Reading was able to really just, they had something to protect. And boy, did they protect it very well. Chelsea had 32 shots total and only four on target. So we saw a continuation of many shots, but not on target and no accuracy not being able to work out that clinical shot, that high percentage shot. So uh, that match ended up being a loss in the league. Chelsea dropped all three points and go four points behind Arsenal on the league table. Miriam, your reaction to all that terribleness?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I started off by saying I wasn't that upset, but as the more and more you were talking, the more I just felt like my mood just sort of slipped a little. Uh, <laughs> um, it, yeah, it was sad. It, it's. It was a difficult game, I think. As you said, it was a very early goal they scored. And, and from, from there on, I had a bit of an uneasy feeling in my gut. Just from the, the shape that we adopted in a defensive formation in which that goal was scored, very narrow, uh, exposing our flanks, even though we were playing a four in the midfield. So really, we should have had the support of the fullbacks. Something didn't go right there um, in that early goal. And... And as you say, Reading really held on to it. They put everything in front of Sam Kerr and and Frank Kerr you came, on, came on as a sub. They were defending for their lives. And you know what? You kind of have to say that they deserved the three points because think of all the shots we had and we weren't able to be clinical enough to finish and think of how deep they defended. I mean, their deepest lying aggressor turned out to be a midfielder and a stri- striker, they had a, a technique in mind. And I feel that... Um, Chelsea had to come in with a bit of a rotated squad and for some reason that shuffling caused caused a bit of sort of disjointedness in that squad and I saw that in the defending so like I say early goal even though it was fourth minute you know still got 86 odd minutes to go I just had an uneasy feeling uh, and and Reading defended really well to go go on to there um, and get another win as they have been getting in recent games and of course this isn't great news for Chelsea um in terms of the league title race Four points of Arsenal, who did win this weekend, um, and I, I did see a few tweets on the timeline where Arsenal fans were saying, you know, Chelsea lost this weekend, we won, woohoo! Uh-huh. And I'm like, mate, mate, literally, <laughs> it's not been a week since you were embarrassed, embarrassed. You know that TikTok where it was like, are you embarrassed to the Z? That that's what it was. Um, you know, they do move on very quickly, so it's not good news for Chelsea fans. It's not good news for us, but. Is there anything good to pick out of this? I don't know, Andre.
0: So my reaction, well, first of all, uh, Arsenal fans, I know you are happy and you should be (laughs) happy whenever something like this happens. Uh, It's great to see your rivals stumble. We were really happy when y'all drew 1-1 against uh, Spurs. And then, of course, the domination that we had in the FA Cup final was was great uh, to experience. But I will still say it is December. Let's Mm -hmm. settle down. You cannot win the league in December, unless you're Chelsea, but you cannot (laughs) win the league in December. You still have to play us. Of course, we cannot go top, but then you have to win every single game because we are going to try hard. I mean, I know whatever Emma Hayes' response is going to be, it is going to be intense because I know she absolutely hates this. And actually, I so I have two two things I think to talk about. So one, let's go back to Deanne Rose, Rose's goal uh, from Reading. We're kind of going to focus on that match. Um, the Juventus match was frustrating. It was three days after the final. You can kind of understand a bit of a letdown uh, there. Uh, I was concerned about that. Obviously, the Reading game came very quickly after that as well. I mean, it was, a what, 11.30 a.m. local time kickoff on a Saturday when every other WSL team played. On Sunday, so I don't really understand the scheduling or why Chelsea didn't get a game on Sunday to get that extra day of rest, and why they had to play three matches in uh, in six days. I don't really understand that, but it happened. It was the schedule. It's not like it changed. We knew that that was that was what was going to happen when we got into the FA Cup final. So, um, kind of going back to Deanne Rose's goal. It was, I mean, all credit to her because it was incredible, right? It was, it was an incredible run. She basically went pretty much the at least three quarters of the length of the pitch, um, carrying the ball straight there, straight down the center of the pitch, laid the ball off to um to Harry's, who ended up getting it right back to her, which is a great little touch to get her the ball back as she had just um gotten in, gotten into space into the box. But what concerned me about that so much was obviously that's a long run through midfield. But what concerned me is all the Kind of like the fake challenges that went in it was very soft, right, mm-hmm. like I know Jess Carter kind of came up uh tried to get to her, but then didn't really put in a challenge, didn't give enough body contact or get in her way, or even Fowler at that point, <laughs> you know, like you got to stop that kind of run whenever it happens, and it just seemed like nobody did like took responsibility in that in that instance, and that's kind of a um that's a bit of a recurring thing that we haven't seen for a few weeks, right? We thought we were beyond that. We saw that earlier in the season where that was happening to the defense quite often. But we hadn't seen that in, in some months, I would say, uh, since. And Chelsea had been doing quite well for it. So I don't know why that returned other than fatigue. But it was very disappointing to see Chelsea not be able to deal with just one player and one other option, you know, not be able to get in the way or step up to stop that. And that that was that was concerning to me. And when it happened, I was like, oh, that complete like that. If Reading were to script how them how they wanted the match to go, that would be it. Score within five minutes. And then their tactic from then on was really smart because they didn't just drop into like two banks of four, right? What they did was they they definitely packed the box and made sure that it was very difficult to get a shot off on target or on goal or even work the ball into a good spot. But what they also did was keep players out to press so that we couldn't do all of the the off-the-ball movement and have somebody kind of on the ball in midfield, kind of that space between the the middle third and the attacking third, kind of waiting for all that movement to open up a gap. They pressed really hard and kept us having to move the ball, and we never really got a way to find time on the ball to let all that off-ball movement create an opportunity. And it was, I mean, good game plan from them, but it was really frustrating to watch.
1: Yeah, and I do want to go back to the point you mentioned on on Jess Carter and all those sort of half challenges. And I think one other big thing that did was it created a lot of confusion. Because when you see a play coming up, maybe sort of in your mind, you might think, okay, she's got it. That's her her tackle. I'm not going to go in and confuse things. She kind of goes in and out. And I I don't know what she means to do, but she pulls out position. And because she's pulled out position, a lot of other players are then pulled out position. Uh, And as you say, that maybe the choice there should have been to foul her. She hadn't gone into the box yet. That She still had quite a way to run. Um, You know, take your yellow card and, um, and, you know, free kick from that distance. It's not going anywhere, but I feel like the indecision created a lot of confusion and um, the sort of, the absence of the fullbacks really, who should have been there to protect the narrow formation going forward in defence. Um, it was it was quite concerning, as you say. It was allowing Reading to really execute their game plan as as well as they possibly could have done, um, and that that's what confuses me. And I know that uh, we had Carter playing there in between um, Ericsson and, and and Bright, and we haven't seen Alec Noone in a while. She's a person that we kind of felt was gelling with those two, um, but. I felt like Carter didn't really have a really good game, and I feel like that Bright and Erickson weren't able to supplement that or or help her out because they were needed in in sort of closing up the gaps that were um that were sort of appearing in between central defense. So I think that that, that error really came not in a sense from uh from formation or even sort of plan from Emma Hayes, but it came from Carter and her indecision. And then from then, as you say. Um Reading just absolutely stopped everything they were doing. They were they were sucking up all the shots. They had bodies on the line, um, defenders coming in at all angles, and it was quite a different performance to what I how I've seen them play in recent games. That's how you know it was a very specific game plan. And they played Arsenal and they lost 4 0. You know, they lost 4 0. I think Medima scored twice and something like that, but they had thirteen shots on target not on target, sorry, thirteen shots in total. Arsenal had seventeen three shots on target and five to arsenal um this was a completely different game plan we saw i you know i saw them draw against west ham i saw them play against other teams they had a very specific idea in mind it's not something like they they thought that they've been doing across the season they had a very specific game plan in mind and they executed very well and i think chelsea maybe underestimated them a little bit just because where they are in the league position maybe didn't think they'd be as much of a um as much of a threat and perhaps um As you say, Emma Hayes won't be happy about this, but I think she'll be most disappointed about the inability to to finish the job. You know, think of the clinicality, the issues there with so many chances, so many chances to score and and just not on target. And I I think you're right. I think she's going to be very sort of fierce about how the next performance should be.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's tough for me, right, with Jess Carter because we just saw her in an FA Cup final, just completely uh-huh. keep uh, Viv Mietema out of any like there was no dang like again, zero shots on target for Arsenal, uh-huh. like it, that she was a non-factor. It was like she 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 shouldn't even we like, walked into the stadium, it was that brutal in terms of being able to to step in front of her and keep her shut down, but it calls also calls for a different game plan, right? We conceded possession to Arsenal, which is why that ended up happening. Because we then got in the way and were predicting Arsenal Arsenal's movements and being able to jump in their passing lanes. Whereas this, we dominated possession. We dominated, you know, the ball. We dominated, you know, in all of the passing statistics and everything. We just didn't dominate even shooting shooting chances. Right, shooting
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: shooting chances. We everything we dominated, but we didn't get the goal. And I think it's a different type of mentality that you need when you're playing that. You have to be very, very um, aware of kind of what's going on, aware of being able to control counterattacks because you're going to face them. The other team isn't going to, you know, even look to try to dominate the ball or take possession from you and keep possession. They're going to keep doing that. And so when a player a player breaks through and they're running at your goal, it's really important to be able to make the right decision in that instance. And, it, it was a tough one for Jess Carter and i will i will you know say obviously again third match in 6 days very fatiguing to go through right you have the highs of winning a, a, an FA Cup final in that in that uh in that after you know against your rival you have the highs of that just giving you the quadruple right for, from last season you want to celebrate that but you have turn around right around and you have a champions league match that doesn't go well. But then three days later in the morning on a Saturday, you have another match. And, you know, it, all it takes really in the WSL sometimes is one lapse, one bit of a lapse of concentration, which is what we had. And then everything was stacked uh, against us. And we saw Emma Hayes make a bunch of substitutions at halftime. She brought on Fran Kirby. She brought on Pernilla Harder. She brought on Guru who ended up replacing... Uh, I believe it was Drew Spence, uh, Bethany mm-hmm. England and Jana Anderson, who were kind of the three um, inclusions into the starting 11 that were somewhat unexpected. But we knew that she was going to end up having to rotate because of the the tightness of the fixture schedule, particularly for this week. So, yeah, it was it, it was rub. The team looked a little bit better, but Redding still did that thing and they didn't really have to change their plan a whole lot they still made sure that they could close down. So that was quite frustrating. I say this, and we're 15 minutes in. I want to get to any bright spots. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> I know that it's been tough. Uh, it was a shocking week, especially starting it off the way that we did, winning the FA Cup uh, in that manner, in that fashion, just domination. To get to where we were Saturday after the Reading game is like a complete 180 of emotion, so... Miriam, please help us out. What should we be happy about right now?
1: I, do, As I said before, I, you know, although I'm probably sadder in this stage of recording as, than I was in the beginning, there are still some things to be happy about. And one thing, one one player I really enjoyed was Beth England, and I've enjoyed her a lot in recent games. I very much like the fact that she's being picked more by Emma Hayes, um, albeit in in games where we require rotation and, and, and actually she's been starting a lot more games this season than she did last season. But in this particular game against Reading she provided a lot of aerial threat. Um I know that Sam Kerr can do that, but we know where her specialty lies. Sam Kerr is physically very um very able in the box. And we've seen her headed goals, diving headers, all sorts of headers. She makes those runs in behind and she's able to have ball to feet much more um, adeptly. But Beth England, from crosses and corners, she provides an extra element that we haven't had. And there was a lot of danger from crosses and corners where Reading were being exposed by not being able to A, match her, her leap. Cause she's got an amazing leap on her um i bet that extra sort of bun at the top gives her another couple inches but also be in maneuvering around defenders to find the space um to provide the headers Uh, and i i really liked what i saw from her i do hope that again it means more game time for her coming up because we still have very hectic fiction and we've only we've only been three or four games in into this hectic schedule but I really liked the way she performed. I liked her her presence in around the box. I also liked the run she was making from midfield. So as we talked a lot about the Chelsea attack being interchangeable, and and even when Fran Kirby wasn't on the pitch, which is a player she links with a lot, she was still making those runs and she was supplementing Sam Kerr. And I think that that relationship is something I really like to see her and Sam Kerr. Because a lot of people will think that both of them are very similar in the fact that they're both there for aerial threats. They're both there for runs in behind. But they actually complement each other really well. And I think the the combination of Sam, Kerr, Frank Kirby and Beth England is something that's quite exciting to see. Um it's also nice to know that if Pinilla Harder isn't playing that we have an extra asset in that front three that can be um, you know, tapped in in and out to, to do a decent job and I think I was still quite impressed with her despite the result we got today.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm a big Bethany England stan. <clears throat> I I love Bethany England. I think she's so underrated. Um I cannot <clears throat> I cannot really thank her enough really for sticking with Chelsea. Uh I know she it's got to be rough, right? She was she was our top scorer when we first won the league what 3 years ago. Um mm-hmm. and she was incredible. Uh then of course we brought in Sam Kerr and she's been you know, dropped, you know, she's just part of the second squad, but we still need her for, you know, I, I think I, I mentioned it last season, right? It was one of those things where she didn't start a ton of matches, right? She didn't start the majority of, of the matches, but she was still, I believe, second in assists uh, mm-hmm. in the team. Uh, I believe it was second. It may She may have been first, but I, I don't believe... No, I think Fran Kirby was first, and then it was Bethany England, uh, which was just incredible. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of her. I do think that when... And of course, this is all hindsight, right? We're just looking at problem solving right now, right? Cause what happened against Reading was unfortunate. Um, I know that, you know, later on in the match, Emma Hayes did switch to like a four, I believe it was like a four-four-two, um, and kind of changed something different. We did go to a back four at some point during the match. But I think perhaps in, in moments in in games like these, where you're gonna need to bring in different personnel, um, then you're starting 11. You may need to also be a little flexible with the formation. And I know Emma Hayes has said, you know, it's more about the principles, not necessarily the formation. But I still think that there are certain players on the pitch who perform differently, different roles, different functions, who are good at certain things. And kind of when you put three center backs on the pitch at the same time, they're going to kind of Mm -hmm. play like center backs, no matter what you tell them to do and I, I think you know magda gets up high she's been getting high up the pitch a lot more frequently so that's been good to see so that's not quite as a center back but still you we've we've also seen right like chelsea's men's team like antonio rudiger he gets up he won two penalties in the against leeds in the men's match he, he was he was in the box creating all sorts of trouble so i think you'd still see those things but it gives you another player who's like dedicated further up the pitch uh, when you, when you sacrifice that third center back. So possibly might, might be something that we kind of look at because I don't know if some of these players, and and obviously I'm not at Chelsea training, but I just, it didn't seem like these players had enough experience or reps in the 3-4-3 to be as fluid or even a decent facsimile of the starting 11 obviously they're not going to be as good because if they were they'd be starting so they're mm-hmm. not going to be that but you just kind of hope that you know I I don't know it's tough like what do you do in this situation where you where you need to rely on depth you don't really want to change the formation completely but maybe you have to
1: yeah no I, I completely get what you're saying and and, and like I said earlier, Anik one who's been out for a while, um, would have been a perfect fit because she is someone who's gelling a lot with both Ericson and Bright in, in sort of individual circumstances, but also as a three, a back three that are working pretty well. She's very confident, she's able to play out and um, there's not that same reliance on the centre-backs around her than we might see from Jess Carter, someone who actually does need a little bit more protection and guidance. I see what you're saying, though, with the fact that if you know if we need players to be relied on, then they should be able to fill in a role. They should be versatile enough, especially in defence. We know players who can play both in the left-back and right-back and centre-back. Um, but it's difficult to do that when you have a limited number in in a particular position or role. Um, I think of a player like... James Milner, who plays for Liverpool's men team, who who's practically played every single role in the entire team. He's played in midfield, he's played in left backs and right back central defence, uh, you know, right midfield, up front, sometimes in a weird kind of position. You want players like that, but it's difficult to cultivate that when they don't have enough time or um enough sort of experience, as you said, to adapt to that kind of mindset of formality. So it's a difficult one, but maybe here's here's a reason why we need to kind of bolster the squad a bit more and think about who we're playing in certain positions, and and maybe just just this time either Mihay's got it wrong or just Jess Carter didn't have a great game.
0: Yeah, you know it's it's hard for me to say to to criticize you know the the starting eleven or even the tactic used. I mean the three four three had just been incredible for us. You know it's been good all season. We've gotten so much better at it the last time drew spence did start she was incredible so i understand that move i understand getting Jana anderson more time on the pitch and obviously i love getting bethany england in the squad i just wonder if like in order to deal with reading and deal with you know the players that they have that were you know the the way that they were set up if it would have been better to kind of change the 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 tactics just a little bit in terms of you know where you're positioning players, because like I said, they were really pressing hard, um, but being able to keep the box filled with players. So it was very difficult to find. And I thought that, you know, like when G came on, I think she did a great job of kind of getting in between that space. Like they would allow, you know, other, like those Reading players to press, but then we were able to slide the ball into G who was kind of in that little, you know, to to use a, a an old Soccer term, the half space, right? <laughs> <laughs> to use an old football term, the half space. She kind of found that half space uh in front of the box, like right in, in that kind of like 10, 12 yard area right in the top of the box. And she was able to facilitate play a bit more because they were scared to kind of step out towards her and go there. So I think maybe doing something like even like a three, four, one, two. Where you have like either frank Kerr uh frank franker Frank Kerr, Fran Kirby <laughs> or <laughs> Sam Kerr or starting out Sam Kerr and Bethany England up top, and you try to work the ball in that way, you know it's again, this is all hindsight and and really what you're hearing, and I will confess, listener, what you're hearing is frustration, that's what you're hearing because it was really unfortunate it was real it was not expected it was very frustrating to go from those highs to these lows. I mean, you're looking at two matches. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tally these so that you can understand the scope of what this was and why we sound this way. I mean, obviously the results, but total in Chelsea's last two matches, 57 official shots, only 9 on target, zero goals scored. I don't know if that will ever happen again. Certainly not with an Emma Hayes Chelsea team. Like that is just an outrageous thing to have happened. So I, I guess I'll just ask you directly, Miriam, do you think it really was just we got so high after the FA Cup final win and dominating the way we did that it, did the players party too much? <laughs> you know, did, did our expectations go? Like what happened after that? <laughs> yeah. Because it, it really just is, seems like we yeah. were too high. We were really high and came crashing back to earth at the hands of Juventus and Reading.
1: The thing is like the only people who probably have that information are people who won't tell us <laughs> inside the the inside people who will not let that, us know. The but, Instagram like,
0: stories that weren't posted.
1: <laughs> are there any sort of right. you know those those fans who are like FBI followers, like CIA <laughs> people. If anyone wants to do that work for us and find out the nature of the of the party, that would be great. But even like even after that, I think it's been a really difficult period for a lot of teams. And it's not so much like you wouldn't think it would be an issue for Chelsea because of the depth of squad we possess and um, Emma Hayes' managerial tactics. But I, I do think that there's there's been a slight drop-off because there's a lot of fixtures happening. and um, And you can only play a certain number of players who may or may not be good enough for a certain role position. And I think that this is what happened. Um, we've had to change our squad and move things around because things are very stressful at the moment for most teams and it showed. And on top of that, we were still kind of high and giddy off the, the FA Cup final. So it's been it's been like a very intense week uh, and I think maybe we weren't expecting Reading to be, like maybe we had to put our hands up and say we weren't expecting Reading to to be that good, we weren't expecting them to have such a, a like a such a tailored plan to how to take us down, and um and it caught us very early in the game, four minutes in, and and then it was too late because they had already shut up shop, and and that was that. So yeah, maybe you can kind of put your hands up and say that this is what happened this week, um and now we have to look move look forward because we don't really have much time until the next game, which is against Wolfsburg on the sixteenth, literally like this Thursday. There's not a, a single moment to kind of um, process what's going on other than pushing forward and saying, we've got to make sure that that result doesn't happen again because we can't afford to. So maybe it was the party, maybe it was issues in the game, but I think maybe it was a combination of quite a few different things that just kind of piled up and and hit us where we couldn't really hit back.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good read of it. I mean, there are a lot of factors to consider. I mean, it, it was just a brutal period with games, and obviously it's not over. We still have two more before the team is on that, you know, holiday break. They'll be back January 9th um, against Tottenham. But before that, like you said, it is the match against Wolfsburg. We go to Germany to play Wolfsburg, 3 p.m. Uh, this is um, 3 p.m. uh Eastern time uh, in the U S and 8. PM in UK in the UK. um, We'll be playing them. And then three days later, (laughs) got to love those quick turnarounds, fly back from Germany. And then three days later at, it would be 7.15 AM, uh, U S time Eastern. And, uh, what was that? 12.15 AM, uh, UK time. We play West ham and that's the final match, uh, for Chelsea of 2021. Oh, it's just, and you know what? That match against Wolfsburg—it's another one I've, I've noticed. Like the team has been doing well. Like the club overall, of like the the men and the women haven't been playing at the same time, but they usually don't play on the same day. I think the last three Chelsea matches it has been double headers from mm-hmm. the men and the women's team, and I don't like it. My <laughs> nerves are bad. <laughs> like this is—it's absolutely killing me. And and on and on Thursday we have another one. Chelsea's men's uh, team plays, and then of course. Uh, Chelsea's women's team plays in the in the Champions League. And actually, this is kind of an important match, right, in the Champions League, because if Wolfsburg wins, they can go on 11 points, which Chelsea currently have. And I believe that Juventus beating Servette will put them on 11 points as well. So we could have three teams with 11 points and then all sorts of tiebreakers, you know, come into play. I believe Chelsea still has the tiebreaker, so still should advance as long as they don't lose by a ton of goals. But yeah, it's it's one of those matches where you do need a result. You draw, fine. You hit the win, even better. But it is a match where you do need results. So your favorite time. Let's do it. Predictions. Do we stop the skid? Do we score a goal? <laughs> I
1: was just thinking about this. Because it's like, and Lish, you just said exactly what I was thinking, which is two things can possibly happen. Either, you know, it becomes worse from here on. Because it's just become overwhelming and it's too much, and you know it's 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 developing into a spell rather than just an odd game or so. Or we are really fueled by the fact that we're not performing well enough, and we we say, okay, you know what, we don't want to repeat of that. This is important. The Champions League is important. We cannot afford to lose to Wolfsburg, uh, and we push on. And I think if we want to do that, we have to be absolutely spot on with the the lineup, with the formation. We can't. Um, We can't kind of sacrifice any players. Uh, If Anik Nauen is ready, I would like to see her in the back three. I'm not exactly sure what the situation is with her in terms of her recovery. Um, The midfield, I would like to see Leupold and I would like to see G because I think that G is very important in a counter-attacking sense and, and Wolfsburg really struggled the last time we played them. Um, in that sense. And I'd like to see our usual front three. And and maybe if Reading was a game to rest some of those players, then that makes sense because I think it was this time last season that we had a similar problem. And was it even Red- Was it even Reading? I can't remember if it was the same team that we lost to. Um, and, and maybe that was a rest game because we've got ahead of a lot of fixtures and we don't have an, any room for error. We need to win against Wolfsburg. As you say, um, the margin for error... Means that if we do lose, then we're really giving our opponents, um you know, a hand to get up the table and pushing ourselves down. So I think that if we want to win that game, we have to have a formation that we can really exploit in a technical sense. So that three-four-three, three, including the backs which can support our front three. And I think that we can't have any more surprises from Emma Hayes I do hope now that I'm thinking and saying it, I feel like maybe that Reading game was meant to be a bit of a a sacrifice to the the football gods, but uh, yeah, I I think that I think we're going to do well. I think it's going to be difficult. I'm going to go with two one because I think they will score, but I think that attack might be strong enough to to hold them off, and I think we might see a much stronger defensive performance again as well.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think I think, you know, even before the FA, well, before the FA Cup final, you know, I was really wondering what was going on with Nowins, um, you know, injury, uh, whether she was going to get back on the pitch. Cause like we've been mentioning, you know, before she was injured, it seemed like she was taking that uh starting yeah. center back role in the middle of the back three. Kind of would like to see that. I think she is a more natural defender. I mean, I love what Jess Carter did against Viv. It was absolutely incredible. But I just think overall, as a as a well-rounded defender, I think now one's just better. Um, so I would like to see her be worked in. Um, I I'm don't know if you work her in away at Wolfsburg. Not too sure if you do that, <laughs> but you know that there, that's a possibility. Uh, so yeah, I, I am concerned about this match though because Wolfsburg they have had a bit of a, a stumble. I Believe in their, in the league in the Frauen Bundesliga. Um, I think they, they either drew or lost, um, which which they kind of got lucky because Byron did the same thing. Um, so they haven't had uh, they haven't lost too much ground when they when they beat Byron and went to the top of the table. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a slip. So they're in a weird form. I think um, Pop is getting back as well. I saw that uh, I saw on Twitter that she is recovering. She's back training. I don't know if she's doing full training, but getting back to full strength. Not sure if she'll be in the squad for Chelsea, but it'll be a big boost when she does. So yeah, I'm. I am a little concerned about this match. I really, I really, I really want to predict a draw because I think that's almost like best case scenario for Chelsea mm. um, away because Wolfsburg is so good and really good at home. But I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it because I'm gonna put my faith in Emma Hayes. I'm gonna put my faith <laughs> in Sam Kerr. And Fran Kirby and Pranilla Harder, who's come back, and I love love that she's been back. Um, and I'm gonna say that Chelsea is going to get another dramatic win over Wolfsburg. I'm gonna say three two Ooh. with a goal, the the winning goal coming after the 70th minute. Oh my god! Are I'm you trying to kill yourself? With, You're trying yes, to hurt absolutely.
1: yourself. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. As, really I, as I said
0: before, with my predictions, what I've been doing is I just know that what happens with with Chelsea is they try and just. Cause my heart to slowly disintegrate, and so that's what that's I how see. my predictions you're, you're are. Trying like to I, predict I, it, I see.
1: Yeah, like I like I'm if smart. I'm
0: prepared for it, maybe I can you know add add a couple months to my life expectancy. Who knows?
1: What if what if there's a red cards involved? What if there's a controversy on the pitch? What if Ugh. I don't know? I, why am I? Di- Please I don't, don't speak these mind. things never into mind. existence. What are
0: you doing? <laughs> what are you even doing? You're killing me.
1: But yeah, I think, you know what, it's more than possible because we've seen a side of Chelsea this season that are kind of like that in a in a very sort of reckless sense, in a very dramatic, unnecessary sense. Um, we've seen it a few times here and there in the Champions League. We saw it a few times last season. Not enough to become like a thing, like a phase, but enough that it can surprise you on a few occasions and maybe, just maybe this is the game that it might happen again.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's that's part of my concern is, is just just concerning me. Uh I just don't I just given what's been happening with the team, given how it's been difficult to score goals and all that business, I think bouncing back is going to require some sort of like really dramatic effort and that the team's going to get some sort of boost going into the holiday break. This is how it's going to just have to be. So, 3-2 to Chelsea. I actually hope it's much more comfortable than that cuz a 3-2 with the goal coming that late would really hurt me, but that's why I predicted it. I predict pain is what I predict.
1: <laughs> and you know what? If, if we lose and we go into the Christmas period with a loss, then Christmas is canceled, just so everyone knows. There will be a mourning period. You can't, we will all, you can't, that's, will that, that's no way presence. too much
0: pressure to put on Chelsea. Oh my God. I, <laughs> I, I mean, know. they still have a game against West Ham three days later, so they can turn things around. Okay,
1: I, I will, but I will, I will hopefully,
0: both those matches go well. We get maximum points from both of them. That's the energy we're going to bring. <laughs> 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 before I get, before we get out of here, is there anything else you want to say? Do you want to uncancel Christmas or anything that you want to take back?
1: <laughs> I feel like mate, I just want people to know that I I said that in a moment of of anxiety and panic because Andre made a statement <laughs> about how we were going to win three two and it was going to happen after the seventieth minute and it, it caused some some kind of mental disarray. But yeah, you know, what? if you want to celebrate Christmas, totally fine. But if you want to be a good Christmas, then let's just keep our fingers crossed that Chelsea you know give us that push
0: yeah it would be great uh it would be great it, we really would like like to go into the holiday break on a bit more of a high than what we what we've experienced the past week uh, of Chelsea matches except for that win against Arsenal again arsenal fans beat you in an FA cup final and didn't allow a shot on target or, or a shot on goal, which is incredible and amazing. <laughs> and I love it. And I'll never stop reminding you about that, but Chelsea has a lot of work to do. Uh, and we're going to be here to look, to watch, to detail it all, to break it all down. Cause that's what we do here. I'm Fran Kirby's fight club. Thank you all for listening. Please make sure you rate and review the podcast. It really, really helps us grow. It helps us connect with more Chelsea supporters or just women's soccer supporters in general. So please make sure you do that and share the episodes if you feel so inclined. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at FranKirbyFC. We do live tweet every match. I can't, I can't remember the last match that we had to miss for work reasons and all that business. And by but we,
1: we, we mean we, Andre.
0: Yeah. A, you know, I'll just be in. You know, it's we're
1: collecting People should know. The people should know, Andre. <laughs> they should know. I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of this because I shouldn't get credit, <laughs> seeing as Andre the one who does all the tweets and, and the gifts and all the it, cool it's videos. It's all
0: good. It is a it is a joint effort. But yes, uh, we 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 quote, we, do, <laughs> we don't miss too many <laughs> games. So make sure that you are following us so that we keep you up to date in real time. Uh, we do post highlights as well. And also bring in some funny stuff that we see from players, whether it's their Instagram or other content that we see out there. We try to, you know, keep this thing very fun, very light, uh, but also just celebrate the players and the team because that's what we do. So thank you all for listening. And we will talk to you next week when Christmas isn't canceled. Not. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you?